When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday morning as we move into the quarterfinals at Melbourne Park, day nine of the Australian Open. Welcome to our listeners joining us on SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, 16.20 AM on the Gold Coast. And welcome back to those who have been with us for the last hour on 11.70 AM in Sydney. And of course, wherever you're tuning in via the SEN app, uh, you can pick up the phone. Give me a call, 1300 01 1170 or 0457736736. On the menu this morning, we're going to do uh, the BBL finals explained. Three more matches to go before we head into the finals. So Brooksy's got the job of explaining to you how the BBL finals work. Ben Damon's going to join me to talk boxing. Tim Zhu's next fight has been locked in. But let's start this hour with an Australian Open update. Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar is landing soon. Brett Phillips is on the line. Sorry about yesterday, BP, but, gee, we're obviously talking about Alex Demonor this morning. Sometimes in the world of sport, and especially at a Grand Slam event, you run into the best at their best. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to stop. Uh, as much as we were trying, Matt, uh, yesterday to... Matt, a case for Alex, and, you know, you would love to have been sort of inside with his coaching group there as to how do you devise a game plan that can unravel Novak, uh, particularly on this court on Rod Laver Arena. And, you know, you're just, you're just not allowed to dictate. I mean, obviously, we wanted Demon to play inside the baseline. We wanted him to redirect the ball. We wanted him to maybe get forward. But Novak, you know, he just bullies that baseline. The only thing I'd say, when we were calling it uh, last night and... You know, I had Roger Rashid alongside me. We were sort of dissecting, you know, what, what can Alex do here? And, you know, we thought he might have thrown in the drop shot a little bit more, get uh, Djokovic on his bike. But that, once again, easier said than done, just with the pressure off the ground that Novak is putting on you. His ability to just shift you around that baseline. So he goes, you know, cross court. He's got that beautiful angle he gets on his backhand. Then he can go up the line off either wing. And the distribution of winners last night was pretty even. And he just hits with incredible uh, accuracy, uh, Djokovic. So he's using every little part of that court you know, to his advantage. And you are just stretched from one corner to the next, you know, trying to actually stay in the point, let alone trying to win mm. the point. Uh, so it was yeah, a really tough night for Alex. But the thing I like, Matt, is that he wants to get better. He's got a, fi- he's got a fierce desire to get towards that 10 to 20 ranking. Yeah. And uh, his determination is certainly there. So he's he's not just satisfied and comfortable being a, a 20 to 30 player in the world. He wants to climb. That's the good news. Whether he's got the tools and the assets, well, all that to play out. And a couple of other things too, I reckon, to take away from that match last night was he didn't look overawed by the occasion and he was still playing freely. He didn't go into his shell either. I mean, he just didn't have it to match Djokovic. So what what is the takeout then for Alex Dimonor, Brett? Is it he goes away and studies this match, but studies the other side to see how much he's got to lift his game to get to that level? And we're talking one of the greatest of all time here. 
Yeah, it's really interesting how he dissects it because he is doing a lot right. It's not like he played a horrendous uh, match uh, last night. You just, as you sit off the top, I mean, you're just up against the the best uh, on a court where he just doesn't lose uh, Novak. So, you know, it was uh, just a huge mountain to climb uh, last night. I mean, look, you know, physically, he can just keep trying to get bigger and stronger. Uh, you know, players are always working on their serve. You know, not necessarily the, the speed all the time, but where you put that serve. Um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he needs he needs a bit more power, but maybe maybe that mightn't come. Yeah, it, maybe this is the the ceiling for Alex. Uh, it won't be for not trying to get better, but sometimes your assets just don't allow you to get better with what you've got. Uh, but you know, the next step is to try and become a ten to twenty player and stay in that area. And this is where you need to perform. So his focus is going to be around the majors and the Masters 1000s this year. Have as deep a run as possible because that's where you get the maximum value and put his energies into that. So scheduling, you know, looking at where he takes his breaks and make sure he walks into those tournaments, uh, you know, feeling cherry ripe, ready to go. I've just seen some quotes from Novak Djokovic that he said to the Serbian media about his injuries in particular. Um, and he said, there are always doubters, let them doubt. And he points out, in his, in his frame of mind, only my injuries are questioned. What is the take on the hamstring injury and, and what's the word around Melbourne Park as to how real this is? It didn't bother him an inch last night. <laughs> well, I mean, Roger and I discussed it on air uh, last night and we're probably not surprised, you know, speaking on court, that he came out and said everything's right. So that wouldn't surprise many. Um, so then people question, well, okay, how how much of a hindrance has it really been? Um, and we'll just never totally know the answer, but there's always a scepticism around Djokovic. I actually read some uh, little quotes from Taylor Fritz, who was busy on Twitter last night. And, um, you know, he, he sort of was quite candid, Matt, in saying that there's some players who just don't talk about their injuries at all. There are some who, mm. you know, probably over-exaggerate uh, their injuries and what they're going through. And he's not for one moment suggesting that players aren't injured. He's, you know, his feeling is that you know, this is a brutal tour where players are carrying some form of uh, niggle uh, right throughout the year. But um, you know, he certainly came with the view also that there are some players that overplay that a little bit and, and use it as a bit of uh, gamesmanship. But yeah, I mean, look, Novak from here, uh, who beats him? That's a simple question. <laughs> who beats him, even, even if he's uh, 90, 95% fit? Yeah, we, we played a bit of audio of Andre Rublev um, earlier this morning, and I think the most telling part in his answer to that question was the deep breath that he took, Brett, um, when he was asked that question. The Australian, uh, sorry, the Americans that are left in the tournament on the men's side of the draw. So we've got three Americans in the quarters, and the matchup between Tommy Paul and Ben Shelton will be um, a good one to watch. And, of course, we've got Sebastian Corder as well. This is a big turnaround uh, from the post-Andy Roddick era to now see um, three US men fighting yeah. deep into the second week of a Grand Slam event. Yeah, they've got a big pull, uh, no doubt. And the players who are left are not necessarily the players we thought would go uh, really deep. I mean, Ben Shelton, there was no expectation there. Tommy Paul has never really factored at the majors at this stage. Um, so, and, and Seb Corder, we felt, you know, could take the next step, but we were maybe anticipating a quarter so early in the year. We thought that maybe might come later, even New York in August, September. You know, I suppose the question is, 
can out of this big group, and Fritz was the leader, <clears throat> you got bundled out early, obviously, can any of them actually become Grand Slam champions? A bit like the French who had that deep pool for a long time and Gasquet and Songer and yeah. others who were close but not good enough. And the Americans, I don't know, it's an interesting one. I mean, Shelton is blowing my mind at the moment, to be honest, what he's doing. And who knows what sort of fortnight he could have. This could be uh, an absolute fairy tale. And, and Tommy Paul, I think, is going to be top 20. He's got a great coach. Uh, and Seb Court is a pretty special young guy. So they're all capable, but I'm not sure necessarily if a Grand Slam champion's going to come out. They're hard to win, but they're, uh, they are they should be batting pretty deep just with their population, the amount of players in their system over in the US. They should be you know, producing a lot of players. All right, mate. you got a bolt. Enjoy day nine. Indeed. Thank you, Matt. Brett Phillips there. Thanks to Kia, the Australian Open update on day nine, which will get underway a little bit uh, later in terms of singles than normal. So we'll start with a doubles matchup on centre court. Not before 12.30 will be Elena Rybakiner against Yelena Ostapenko. So quarterfinals action today. Uh, Karen Hutchinoff against Sebastian Corder. So that is the 18th seed against the 29th seed. And that's this afternoon, not before two o'clock. Tonight's matchups, Jess Pagula against Vic Azarenka and Stefano Tsitsipas against Jiri Lehechka will be the second match on. And those three Americans that are left, Ben Shelton, Sebastian Corder and Tommy Paul, have all spent the most time on court at this Open. Shelton's played 11 hours and 56 minutes, so 12 hours of tennis to get there. Sebastian Court has played 11 and a half hours. Tommy Paul, 11 even. He's at 11.00. Time on court for the women. Um, Victoria Azarenka, seven hours and 20 minutes. Donna Vekic, who made it through seven hours and 11 minutes. And Magda Lynette for six and a half hours. So for the three American men to continue and go the distance, well, distance has, has been what they've been putting into their legs with the amount of on-court time that they have been spending. A a bit of doubles action, as I mentioned, and a few Australians will be featuring in that. So once they get underway, we'll give you the score updates, thanks to Bing Lee at the Australian Open. Can you find anyone left in the draw who can defeat Novak Djokovic? Off the back of last night's performance and history, let's take the hamstring injury out of it um, because it doesn't seem to be bothering him. But when you put it into perspective of what he knows, what he has to do, (laughs) what he's done before, both here and around the world, and the kind of form that he showed last night, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, I'll check the odds, Brooksy. Let's check the odds and see what he's at. In cricket, as I mentioned, the Sydney Sixers defeated the Hobart Hurricanes last night by 24 runs. Uh, I was switching around madly last night, and I missed most of Steve Smith's dig because he was gone by the time I got there. But 66 off 33 balls again. So he's 34 runs short. If he gets another 34 last night, that's three centuries in a row. And I've got to tell you, the first match of this run that he came back um, when he played against the Scorchers at the SCG didn't look like getting out. The way that he was batting straight up, I think he made 36. He didn't look like getting out on that one. So uh, he was so close to becoming the first player ever to go back to back to back with centuries in the BBL. His 24 sixes are the most by any player in the league this summer. How many games have we played? I mean, they've, they've been playing 14 matches. So pretty much with the remaining matches for this round, essentially, they'll have played 14 matches. He's played four of them and he's hit 24 sixes. <laughs> Steve Smith, unbelievable. Here's 
what he said last night in terms of what they're about to face with the Perth Scorchers coming up in the finals. It's going to be a, a great game, I think. Um, we've, been, we've been playing on some slower lower wickets the last week, so it's going to be a, a, health, a, a change for us, obviously, with um, the pace and bounce at the stadium there. So we're going to obviously have some different plans the way we go about things. So um, it should be a belter, though. We're, we're looking forward to it. Optus Stadium will be packed, absolutely heaving. And they'll be hoping that there's a bit of, you know, jet lag or something from Steve Smith because I like how he said, and we did reference this yesterday, how the ball keeps finding the middle of the bat. And he's very lucky that the ball keeps finding the middle of his bat. Uh, Other way around, Smudgy. Other way around, big time. You are finding it so sweetly with so much power that off she goes. So tonight we've got the Renegades v Strikers and then tomorrow the Hurricanes v Heat and the Stars versus the Thunder. You ready, Brooksy? We're going to do this right now. So Brooksy's with me this week. 2 a.m. Tommy's still moonlighting as a, as a uh, what is he, a professional panellist now later on in the in the evening. Um, I'll get to you in just a sec, Brooksy, but before I do that, Scorchers first on the ladder, then the Sixers, then the Heat, then the Renegades, Thunder, Strikers, Hurricanes and Stars. Are you ready to rumble? Yeah, I am. Welcome, Matty. It's been a good start to the show and... The the latter, when we were looking at the BBL and we looked at the game last night, it looks yes. like there's one game that's locked in, but you know, the, the remaining three positions are up for grabs. The rest. The re- you, know, so let's, you know who you sound like? Who? You sound like Andre Rublev about to face Novak Djokovic, <laughs> just taking one heck of a deep breath, trying to think, uh, I've got to explain the BBL finals. You, you want to you wanna run us through it? Because we've got eliminators, qualifiers, knockouts, challenges, and then the final. Yeah, we're not talking New South Wales Rugby League from the 90s, Matty. We're talking this is new age draws. <laughs> We've seen it in the WSL, the yeah. World Surf League, where they've introduced a new system. That It's quite straightforward. But this, I think the BBL is one of the best matrix-like Ooh, final systems created in yeah. sport. So Friday, yes. we've got the, the Eliminator. I think it stars Jason Statham and Jet Lee, and it'll be in uh, <laughs> in movie theaters January twenty seven. Four v five. That's four v five. So at the moment, that's Renegades versus the Thunder. Four v five. Okay, so that's the Eliminator. Yeah, and then the next night we've got the qualifier. Hang on a second. The Eliminator. The winner goes through. Oh yes. To the knockout, and the loser is out. Yes, that's right. And then okay. the qualifier. That's the big one. Okay, so we know this one. We know it. Yeah. It's in Perth, as you mentioned. It's the Scorchers v. the Sixers, 1v2. Yeah. Winner goes through to the final. Winner through to the final. Loser, still in the hunt, goes through to the challenger. Yeah. Keep that in mind because we'll get to the challenger a bit later. Okay. But then you're number three, right? You finished third in the middle of the finals. Oh, you get a little rest. Yeah. Just been sitting there. Just a tiny rest. Sitting there. Yeah. Who forgets? Everyone forgets about number three. Watching that Eliminator movie with Statham and Jet Li. <laughs> at, the moment, the, at the moment, number three, we're not making any sense, is the heat. <laughs> so the Eliminator is uh, first. Then we've got the qualifier. Yep. Now we're at the knockout, which is Sunday. Sunday. So back is... to back to back, it's the knockout. Yeah, it's which like, is... Oh, that's uh, the winner of the Eliminator <laughs> v. the third team. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm all over this, Matty. Oh, somebody... Okay, so, so the, the winner of the Eliminator versus third. So the winner of that continues and the loser's out. Yes. Then we get to the Challenger, which is on Thursday. Yeah, so a bit of a break for the knockout winner. Yep. 
but the challenger, what a match. The mm. loser of the of qualifier of the qualifier <laughs> be the winner of the knockout. Oh, <laughs> yep. The carryover champion will play in that, and that means the winner of that will go oh. straight to the final oh. against who was the winner of the qualifier. <laughs> oh. So Saturday, Feb 3, the final. Okay. Winner of the qualifier, winner of the challenger for all the marbles. All right. So we get the eliminator, the qualifier, the knockout, the challenger, and we end up at the final, which is two teams left to fight it out. Now, Darren on the text line. Um, Well, Darren from Ingleburn, you could have saved us a whole heap of trouble. Matty, the BBL finals, easy. The higher up you are, the less games you need to win. Teams four and five need to win four games. Teams three... Or team three needs to win three games. One and two need two wins to take it out. Why didn't we just read that text? We should have just started there with that. We should have just started there. Exactly. Well done, Darren. With that. Back after this.